The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio. Here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, right here on Voice America, America's Voice. And I'm excited today. We're going to be talking about the wisdom of our elders and baby boomers and all of the wonderful things that we do as we get older. My guest is Sharon Wegscheider-Cruz. Her book is Becoming a Sage, Discovering Life Lessons One Story at a Time. Sharon Wegscheider-Cruz is the founding chairperson of the National Association of Children of Alcoholics and founder of on-site workshops. She's brought hope and healing to millions as an author, counselor, trainer, consultant, and lecturer, and has written 18 books translated into 13 languages. And she has many other books that she's appeared on Oprah and Larry King and many other events. Welcome, Sharon. Well, thank you. I'm very happy to be here talking with you. Why did you decide to write this book? It's a little different from some of the other books you've written. It is quite different from anything else that I've written, but... Uh, life is full of adventure, and so often people would say to me, Sharon, that's a great story. You ought to write that up, and they would, they would say this to me, and after a while, I started listening. Life is full of stories, and I think storytelling is both a bit of a responsibility, and it sure is a whole lot of fun, and as I started telling my stories, I realized that Every story meant something, so I decided to document it. What would you say is the major theme? Now, I know it says sage, so we think about wise sage and people being older, but what's the major theme? Well, actually, uh, the whole idea of saging, I have come to find out since I became involved with this book, it's a way of life. It's looking at life in a different way, much more than, than defining it by age. Of course, the the more the years go by, the older you get, hopefully you have more stories, more experience, and more lessons to share. But I know people that are fantastic sages, and they're in their 40s and 50s. Mm. So it, it's it really not about means, age. It's about wisdom. It, it's about wisdom. And where does that come from, and how is that processed, and then how is it passed on? And I think that the best way everybody can find that for themselves is to just listen and pay attention to their stories and to the stories of people around them. And to me, it's sort of like everything that turns out great in my life, and there have been many things that have turned out great, are something to celebrate. 
And everything that turned out to be a disappointment or a loss or a time of grief turned out to be a lesson and a stepping stone to a direction I hadn't planned to go. But they all add up to stories. Hmm. And who? And I've had a lot of I've had a lot of loss in my life as well as a lot of joys, but I've been able to use them. Yeah. Well, what would you say? that listeners would get from this book? I mean, certainly they're going to hear these wise stories, but what's your major message for them? I think the major message is to stay alive, awake, and aware, and never let yourself get put out of action, uh, Mm. especially by yourself. Mm. Never leave the action yourself and never allow yourself to be put out of action, to stay involved at different levels and in different ways. But interaction, connection, relationships, ability to adapt, those are all the tools that end up being part of joy, part of um, learning new things and walking new horizons, and to just keep moving. You do it differently. Somebody once wrote a book that I loved called Make the Best of the Rest of Your Life. Right. And uh, aging and saging starts when we're born. It's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting when you say that because um, I've I've done a lot of work in this area, but I was watching last night on 60 Minutes. I believe it, no, it might have been CBS Sunday Morning. I think that was it. And they were profiling uh, 90-year-old-plus men and women who were doing senior Olympic type games. And the, these people were amazing. I mean, they were, the, you know, number one in their category. And they interviewed them. And one of the men, I think he was 94, and he was running whatever he was, whether they were short marathons. But his comment was, you keep going. You keep moving. You just keep going and and." And you're out there, which is exactly what you just said. So it, it brought that story to mind. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Whether it's, whether it's taking a class, whether it's learning a language, whether it's making oh. sure to get out and, and visit all the things there are to visit. Um, do it differently if you have to. Do it slower. Do it yeah. with help. But you know, there's, going. there's a lot of people I've met my age, and I'm a boomer, an early boomer, um, that I feel when I talk to them, Sharon, it's it's like they're resigned to life. You know, they aren't they aren't excited to try something new. They're more critical of others. They watch a lot of current events and comment. They're more observers and spectators than they are doers. And they and, and whatever they do, they're more in the same pattern of life. They do the same things. You know, you can catch them regularly doing this. So they don't have that kind of joie de vivre. Or excitement. Does does that resonate for you? What I'm saying, because that's what it I've seen. It does resonate for me, and I, and I, I ask myself that question. And I've talked to so many people, and I'm not sure about the answer, but I have some thoughts. Mm. And one of my thoughts is that um, some of the boomers I know that are now just beginning to age um, have less energy and less vitality than mm. many of the people of their parents' age. And I'm not so sure some of that isn't connected to our isolating lifestyles. I think some of us grew up when interaction was part of our daily life. 
and everybody watched the same news, then they went outside to do something else, whether it was sit on the porch or talk to the neighbors or whatever. But everybody across the nation was watching somebody like uh, uh, Edward R. Murrow or, um, you know, those earlier shows, but TV was a part of our life. Um, I think that's one of the reasons why your job is so so important, uh, Patricia. Many of us grew up with radio as our main link. Mm-hmm. And then if we if we added to radio, we added social interaction. Our society has much more moved to isolation, and everybody has their own smartphone, their own computer, their their own television set. And unless we interact and stay connected and meet on a real, what I call a real basis, real-time basis, I think a lot of energy is lost. Also, have you also noticed that a lot of folks who are older and have tremendous vitality look so much younger? They look like 10 or 15 years younger. Yes, as a matter of fact, I have noticed that. I have gone out with much younger people because I I do all different kinds of things. I'm often thought to be one of them. Mm-hmm. And I could be the parent of all of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm I talking about boomers. No, I have that too. I have that too. Yeah, yeah. it's just yeah. kind of yeah. an amazing thing. There is a different... Somebody came up to me two nights ago in a restaurant and said, I've been watching you. You are so interactive with your waiter and your waitress. <laughs> And I said, well, I always talk to my waiter and waitress. You know, they're, they're a lot yeah. younger than I am, yeah. and they're a lot more vital. I find them really interesting. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I can find a lesson anywhere with anybody. I can sit down next to anybody and be in a conversation in 10 minutes. And I think, yeah, and let me important. ask you this. I, I think, too, as we're growing, you know, no matter what our age is, and I feel like I'm always growing, that uh-huh. I'll find, um, you know, friends that, I will outgrow certain friends that I feel maybe aren't moving in that direction or maybe they're more negative or maybe they're more stuck or maybe they're more just the energy is harsher. Even It'll start to shift for me. Do you find that too? I do find that sometimes and I was just letting my mind resonate on your words. Negative, not as involved. Um, uh-huh. That's what I, I find. And then of course, also, we're growing up in tougher times. I mean, yeah. things are yeah. really not happy I have out never, there. I have never seen anything like this in my life. Have you? I have never seen anything like it in my life, and I've lived a long life. Yeah. And yeah. that's yeah. one of the reasons, uh, Patricia, you mentioned your writing, too. I'll tell you one of the things my publishers told me when I, when I said I'd write another book. Um, they, they said, remember today's attention span. And I gave that a lot of thought. I have children. I have grandchildren. I, I know how everyone is to some extent. And uh, that's why I wrote the book in the style that I did. It's, every story is only like two pages long. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Um, yes, and I've gotten tremendous feedback about that. And I thought you'd be interested in the feedback. Uh, the feedback that I've gotten from reviewers and from people is, thank you. I don't ever read a whole book anymore. I just don't, yeah. whether it's yeah. fiction or nonfiction. Yeah. Yeah. I never sit down and read a whole book. I pick up a book. I, I have some time between things. I leave it. Uh, some people said I leave it on the front seat of my car. Mm-hmm. I have it beside my bed. I'll pick it up. I'll read a story or two, and it's complete. And the other thing that people have said about the book that they found masterful 
is that, and I had to kind of really talk my publishers into this style. I write a little bit, then I end it, and I wanted to start every new story with a different chapter. And what people told me is, as I read the book, I read a short chapter, then there was always a little space left over, then I started writing about myself. Mm-hmm. Then I'd read another chapter, and then in the little space left over, I'd write about myself. And some yeah. people said, I finished my book by reading yours. Oh, that's so great. That's so and great. So my, uh, one of my goals, you said something about why did I write this book. I wanted, the whole purpose of the book is not necessarily to tell my story, but it's a pretty interesting one. The goal of the book was to set off that spark in someone else to tell their story and become yeah. a storyteller. Yeah. So, so important. And in one of my books, I do a lot with the stories of other people. And I know you have too. Now, some of the highlights in your book include, so I want to talk about some of these. Sure. Um, one of them is Think Clearly. Um, these are the sages, the sages that, that write. In other words, the quality of the people with these stories are people who think clearly, they're not overwhelmed, and they work out their problems. They don't stay stuck or confused. So right. important. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it, yeah. and I, I find, you know, and, I, and I'd love to discuss this with you a little. I find that for me as I'm getting older, you know, things will bother me, and they'll bother me quickly. I'll get upset, but I don't let it sit. And you know what, Sharon, I, maybe it's because I'm older or wiser, whatever, is I'll confront it. I'll say, you know what, yeah. I don't like that. I don't like what, rather than, oh, it's okay, and I ignore it, and I gloss over it. And even when the other person wants to gloss over it, I don't want to because I want it out in the air. I want it clear, mm-hmm. I want it done, and I want to know this is how I feel. It doesn't well, mean we as won't you be- go through life, you watch people... And you watch a lot of people, what I call, they, they die with their stories inside of them. Yes. And they also yeah. die with unresolved conflict. And, yeah. and my point of view is very similar to yours in the sense that life is short. And the longer yeah. you live, the shorter you begin to observe that it is. And then I had a personal trauma in my family. I, um, I lost my sister four years ago. And she was in perfect health and 10 years younger than I was. Mm. And coming to grips with losing someone so close to me who lived life so well. I mean, she was healthy. She did all the right things. And guess what? She died. And I saw how short life is. Mm -hmm. And I'm not willing to carry around resentments. I'm not willing to carry around my own feelings. I'm not willing to do that. And then when I started just expressing myself and saying what I wanted here and there, respectfully, of course, always truthfully, it got easier and easier. And I just don't worry about any of the small stuff. Yeah. All right. On that note, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk more to Sharon Wigshedder Cruz. Her book is Becoming a Sage, Discovering Life's Lessons One Story at a Time. You're listening to The Patricia Raskin Show right here on Voice America of America's Voice. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You count. Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. 
follow the movement, meet guests who are shaking things up, call in, and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Beth Green and James Maynard, Inner Revolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though. So this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? Every week is something new to engage you. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. are listening to the patricia raskin show if you wish to call into our program today please call 1-866-472-5788 that number again is 1-866-472-5788 you may also send an email to patricia at patriciaraskin.com now back to the patricia raskin show Hello, everyone, and welcome back. My guest is Sharon Reichshedder Cruz. Her book is Becoming a Sage Discovering Life Lessons One Story at a Time. Sharon Reichshedder Cruz is the founding chairperson of the National Association of Children of Alcoholics. She's the founder of On Site Workshops, and she's brought hope and healing to millions as an author, counselor, trainer, consultant, and lecturer. She's written 18 books translated into 13 languages, and she broke ground and fostered a movement with her works. And she's appeared on Oprah and Larry King and many others. Welcome back, Sharon. Thank you. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. All right. So let's talk about a few other things that you say are qualities of the sages in your book. And then Uh maybe we'll we'll have time for you to share one of your your favorite stories. So we said they think clearly, they work out problems, they make decisions, they don't procrastinate, they make things happen. They know someday is now. I can, uh, that one I can really relate to. They influence events. They are leaders rather than followers. They win the respect of others. They don't demand it. They take charge of a situation. They don't wait. They have a vision and they carry it out. They don't accept the current circumstances. And they're a force that unifies. They are creators and not destroyers. I can identify with every one of those very strongly. <laughs> and I really can. But I think in all of these, if I really look, the common commonality in all of these is that these are people that take action. They move forward. They don't let the past stop them. They say, okay, I'm going to brush myself off. I'm going to learn and I'm going to keep going and I'm going to make it better. Am I right? You're, ac- you're, you're just totally right. You're very Good. totally right. And, and, and I think sages kind of look at their life 
in three segments, and I think the general population forgets the third segment. Let me talk about that for just a minute. I think sages are people who, uh, who kind of see the first part of their life as their learning time. You, you, you learn everything from how to walk and talk to how to fall in love, have relationships, and even have children, go to college, find a career. All of that is effort, effort, effort. You're learning how to walk through the world. The mm-hmm. second part of life is the doing it. You have a job. You have to buy a house or lease a house or rent an apartment. The second part of life is what I kind of call not necessarily the chase, but you're sort of on. You have to make it happen, and and sages don't settle. They keep trying to find their niche, really trying to put in whatever effort it takes to get where they want to go, not where someone else wants them to go, but where they want to go. Too many people don't get to the third stage because they either don't get there psychologically or they don't get there financially or they don't get there feeling they have a right to it. But the third stage of life I call harvest. And harvest is when you can stop doing and start being. Mm. Mm. So there's learning, there's doing it, and then Mm -hmm. there's harvest. And I'm frankly just starting to go into my third retirement. Mm. And I've retired twice before and mm-hmm. always kind of picked it up again because it was something I wanted to do. And that, yeah. I feel, is part of my harvest. I get to do what I want to do. Yeah. And so I, I take on things like the writing of Becoming a Sage. I hadn't written for a while because I had nothing really new that I wanted to write about. And then when I moved to the part of the country I'm in, all my creative juices really came alive again. So I've spent the last year writing and being on talk shows, and I actually went back to public speaking for a while. Mm. And that's after retiring twice already. Now I'm just going into another stage of retirement. Mm. And so what harvest really means is I get to do what I want, not what I have to. Mm -hmm. The middle part of life, there's a whole lot of have to. You well, I also, I also think that someone said to me recently, and talk about a wise sage and counselor, she said, you know, I think the trick, particularly for me, you know, being used to trying and pushing and striving, she said, you know, there's a time to just let go and have grace in your life and let things come to you. And that's yeah. a hard one, Sharon, for those of us who, in somewhere in our brain, we don't think it'll come if we're not constantly pushing. That's and, right. I was, that was so hard for me, Patricia, yeah. that that was a part of why I moved to Las Vegas. I, had, I was living in other parts of the country. Mm. I could not stop. <laughs> yeah. I, and I was good at what I did, and I had the energy for what I did, and I could make things happen. And I thought, well, I always be working this hard. And I picked a place to go where I knew no one and forced myself to look at my bucket list um, and do something else. I became a tap dancer for 15 years. Wow. I traveled the world. I got on a boat and didn't get off for three months. I did all of those bucket list things, but part of that was how I put a bookmark in a very overproductive life. Mm-hmm. And I write about that in some of the stories as, as the Saging book goes on. I get into some of those specifics. 
And um, it was hard for me to stop. And life has only gotten better, and so have my opportunities. Mm, that's amazing. Now, I know in here that one of the things we talked about, or that in your, in your bio, you are mm-hmm. the founding chairperson of the National Association of Children of Alcoholics. Mm-hmm. Does that mean you had a personal experience with this, or are you a child of an alcoholic? I did not have a personal, uh, if I had any uh, addiction, it was to my job. Mm-hmm. I certainly didn't have, I, didn't, I was not alcoholic, but I am the child of, of uh, an alcoholic and a prescription pill abuser. Well, and I yeah, also that's... came from a very loving family. Uh, my family was chemically addicted, but they were really good people. And so the fact that I lived with addiction and really good people all at the same time, it made me feel somewhat crazy because I couldn't decide if we were a troubled family or not. And I found out that there are millions of kids just like me. They're really highly competent on the outside with questions on the inside. Yeah, I can relate to that because when you, even if you don't have, you know, the substance addiction, sometimes there are other kinds of behavioral addictions. And when you're exposed to that, then it's very confusing because sometimes you're on, sometimes you're off. Sometimes when that person, as you said, I haven't been exposed to chemical addiction but you know if you're drinking then you have one behavior and if you're not drinking you have another behavior so the child grows up with this confusing like what's real this one or this one and I thought it was just me until as an adult I started meeting some other people and uh, in 1972 we all came together and we were all highly successful professional people but when we had some time to go inside, we realized we were all more alike than different, and we became the original board members of the National Association of Children of Alcoholics. I think sometimes those of us who have had parents with those, whether it's substance issues or, again, whether it's behavioral addiction issues or emotional addiction issues, I think that oftentimes the children... Right. I think sometimes the children have trouble with relationships in general because we've been well, confused. Well, they've not had a role model to watch exactly. and show them what that exactly. means to have a relationship. Exactly. Yeah. And Very then true. if you get two of those, they're going to have, here's what's going to happen on the outside. They're both going to be super successful. On the inside, they're both going to be lost. Yeah, I know. I understand. And they don't know where, you know, and, and uh, relationships uh, tend to not make it. Yeah. Well, that's why I deal with that book. in the book too. <laughs> There's yeah, some stories in the book wonderful. about that too. We won't have time for a story, but we want to tell people to get Becoming a Sage, Discovering Life's Lessons One Story at a Time. What would you like to leave our listeners with? Well, first of all, I will say that the book is available through Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and I have a phone number, uh eight hundred four four one five five six nine. Those three resources uh is the book. And then the last thing I want to say is tell your story. Start to think about the experiences you've had and then boil them down to a story. And that's the template I wanted to give in the book. Anyone can write their life story, and it's as simple as this book, Becoming a Sage. Thank you so much for being on the program. It was really, well, thank really you, wonderful. Patricia. Good yeah, and again, yeah, I want to let people know, um, what's the website that they can go on to? Well, they can go on my website, www.sharonwcruz.com. 
All right. Thanks so much, Sharon. Stand the line for a minute. Okay. All right, folks. Again, Sharon Wegshutter Cruz, Becoming a Sage, Discovering Life's Lessons One Story at a Time. All right. That wraps up this first interview. We'll be right back with another interview right after the break, right here on the Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of the Patricia Raskin Show. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week.